You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Cardinals podcast, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, hanging out with you on a mock draft Monday, and we're going to unveil, reveal Alex and myself's first Mock drafts of draft season because we're curmudgeons. We don't like to uh, do mock drafts in January or February, March even. We go the month of because we like to take in all the uh, all the news and the notes, all the information, and make our best uneducated, educated guesses possible. This podcast, it's brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Later in the podcast, I'll tell you who won the championship. That's right. That's a real thing. The championship. Who won it? As far as the Built Bar bracket, we're going to crown a college basketball champion, but we already have the best tasting of all the best tasting protein bars. It's already been set. We already have crowned a champion, or a champion, I should say. Uh, Can't wait to get to our mock drafts. I have found the perfect mock draft. So far, and it belongs to an ESPN analyst. I'll tell you all about it and what scenario uh, and why it's it works so well for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, given how their off seasons played out so far. Um, but we're gonna get into that, and is also uh, can't wait to show you who Alex picked. Ours is is eerily similar, Alex, which yeah. it kind of concerns me for myself. Well, yeah, I mean, before we get into it, this is one of the first things you and I talked about. So we, we swapped mock drafts this morning. We'll talk about them in a bit, and we'll put them out uh, on Twitter, and we'll let you decide who you think has the better mock draft and why it's mine. Uh, <laughs> there's one thing that we that, that we figured out very quickly doing the mock drafts from our friends over the Draft Network, uh, Trevor Sigma, uh, Benjamin Solak, Kyle Krabs, a lot of guys part of the Lockdown Podcast Network do an incredible job over there for the Draft Network, and they have you know the, the mock draft simulator – there's one thing that was glaring is how many picks the Cardinals have to wait between their second and fifth round pick. I mean, they're in the middle of the second round. They have to wait till the middle of the fifth round before they could pick again. So, Bo, after doing this exercise, we did a couple, you know, just to get our, our juices flowing. And then we decided we did one. We're like, okay, this is the one we're going with for our mock draft 1.0. Does it beg the question immediately that they should trade back? Like, was that a thought in your head as you're watching the simulation? Like, man, I can go get a a spot at T and come back before they pick again. I mean, did that jump into your head at all? No, absolutely. I actually looked into trading back, and then I realized you have to pay for the premium price. Even though what the you can go do a free mock draft at thedraftnetwork.com, and it's a blast. You'll probably lose most of your workday doing it. But no, you're absolutely right because, and I had it on the fast setting. And it's still, I'm sitting there, I'm just, I'm dying waiting for the next pick. It's unbelievable. It is. I mean, it's the Arizona Cardinals pick 16th, they pick 49th, and then they don't pick again until the fifth round. And then they've got a sixth round pick. Do they have two sixth round picks and then a seventh round pick? So the Arizona Cardinals are really going to have to do their homework uh, as how their draft sets up right now. But I think just how things have worked out that, the third best corner prospect had back surgery, and there's a lot of red red flags there, that there would be an opportunity to potentially get him, Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, and trade down just a couple spots and increase your draft capital. 
Yeah. I mean, and, and it would have to be for this year, obviously. We're not looking towards next year. This no. is it's a very important year with the all the one year deals and that, you know, the short time, short deal with JJ Watt and, and the salary cap being as it is. You need to recoup a third and fourth round pick. And let's remember, just again, the Cardinals got Rodney Hudson and DeAndre Hopkins for those third and fourth round picks. Okay. So yeah. they didn't just miss out on them for another reason they have guys on their roster and the reason why they don't have picks is because those guys on the roster so it's a good thing you can remember it sugarcoats it a little bit but still they have 111 picks between their second and fifth round pick so 111 players two teams worth will be going off the board before the cardinals pick again now if they can move down two or three spots i mean you're playing with fire mm -hmm. because caleb farley it looks like so with all of the mock drafts happening since he had his back surgery He's going to be there at 16. And we're looking at wide receivers all going in the top 11. Like in all the mock drafts that I did, it's it's Jamar. If Jamar Chase goes to Cincinnati at five, that's a wrap. There's no way there's going to be a wide receiver coming down to the Cardinals at 16. Now, if you can trade back to 18 or 19, like we saw a couple of mock, I think Minnesota, I can't remember who's 18. Um, I think Minnesota is 18. Miami. I want to say I can't. Oh, Miami's 18. So. Yeah. If the Cardinals can move back two or three spots and guarantee, okay, we moved down three spots and there are three guys that you'd be happy to take with that pick and get a third-round pick this year, that would be ideal at this point, I think. I mean, unless something crazy happens. And and there's a, probably at least a trio of prospects that Arizona Cardinals fans are preparing for the Cardinals to select. So if you have a group of guys that you're having a tough time you know, differentiating from, and, and they're different positions. Like, I think it's... You look at the corner back, back spot and who could be available, and it's Farley. It's Greg Newsom from Northwestern, uh, who's been under the radar most of the mock draft season. You've got your guy Elijah Vera Tucker, the USC guard, um, and and then maybe whoever else drops as far as best player available. That the Arizona Cardinals could, you know, either say, "Hey, you know, we're not in love with any of these guys. We like these guys, and we're sitting there." And would you say it was 111 picks between? You know the 49th overall, and the next time they're up on the on on the board, um, it, it's going to be important for. I, I think Steve Kime has to do something, whether it's you know trading his first round pick or trading back in the first round. That's like the that that's the most that's the most likely scenario where you can acquire more. That's the most value you can trade. Or there's a play. You know maybe there's a player that could get you some draft capital in return. But who, who's that going to be? Is it, are you willing to part with Christian Kirk? For for a fourth round pick, yeah. yeah, probably at that point. I yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, especially like the addition of AJ Green and what we've seen from Christian Kirk. I mean, I think that you're probably trading him at his lowest value, and I think that you probably would be best set to just see what he can do in his fourth NFL season. I you're not relying on him to be your number two wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, what? Well, yeah, it, it's true. Uh, and I mean, what we're looking at, but it's an 16th. option. It's an option. It's I an option. I mean, yeah, it's, there's movable pieces. It's, yeah. there, it's not going to be high impact. I mean, you look at 16 with the slew of edge rushers that are going to be there. It's do you take the best edge rusher maybe in the draft at 16 or do you trade back and just accumulate a pick, which is a total crapshoot in the fourth round anyway. I mean, not total. I mean, but it's listen, draft picks are some of the most overrated, overvalued things in all professional sports because the majority of players don't pan out. Yeah. So if you can get a surefire guy at 16, you know, maybe that's like if Gregory Rousseau is there, he's 6'7", 260, and you want an edge rusher for the next 10 years, 
would do, do you draft out of need or do you draft out of best player available? Because listen, unless you're dra- and running back, we're not going to get in the conversation again, but like say best player available is a guy that could be a high impact guy, regardless of position for the next decade. Why not just take him? I think it's just because the rest of the NFL is lukewarm on him. Like you can't even say that Russo's the top edge rushing prospect or whoever. They're gonna have their pick of the pick yeah. of the litter there at sixteen. I just think that there's going you're gonna have to talk the fan base into why you did it, and and that and they you know fans they they, they you know they're doing it with their heart. So you know I'm not saying that as a as a bad thing. You know Rousseau could turn out to be a lethal player, and, and like you said, a guy that uh, just holds down the position beyond Chandler Jones. In the next, you know, five to ten years, it would be huge for the Arizona Cardinals. But you're going to have to convince the fan base why you did it because there's no clear cut. You know, in a lot of drafts, I mean, we've seen that position go top one and two. We've seen Miles Garrett. We've seen Jadavian Clowney. We've seen Nick Bosa go after Kyler Murray. Where those guys are clear cut slam dunk prospects where, you know, nobody's nobody's saying that about Russo. So I think it's going to take some convincing. That's all I'm saying. We are going to yeah, get I mean- in. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just saying an edge rusher in general. I mean, this is really the Isaiah Simmons effect where if Isaiah Simmons pans out, like w- if they're hoping that Isaiah Simmons is going to pan out, they're not going to touch the edge rusher position. If they want to be able to move him around in that linebacker room to the outside and maybe eventually make him an edge rusher. I don't know. I mean, there's still a lot of question marks. It's Bo Brock, Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals, a mock draft Monday. We have our our mock draft 1.0 headed your way. Plus, an interesting conversation, debate I got into on today's edition of Locked On NFL Podcast, and it involves a pair of Arizona Cardinals. Maybe just one, uh, depending on who decides to come back or not. We'll get into that discussion as well. It's the Locked On Cardinals Podcast. The Zags, four and a half point favorites tonight against the Baylor Bears. It's the national championship matchup I think everybody wanted. It's what we deserve. You want to maybe get some action on tonight's contest, Bet Online's the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You've got the NBA, you've got the NHL, you've got Major League Baseball all in full swing, and one last college basketball game for it all. Bet Online even covers the award shows, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has it covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website, betonline.ag. Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON. You put in 100 bucks, you can get $50 free to help build your stack for free. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, we want to do our mock draft now or we want to push it till the final segment? What do you think? Let's do it now. Keep, we don't want to keep the people waiting. So uh, I was disturbed how many similar picks you and I had, and it's probably going to make it boring for the listener. We we have pretty, as far as our opinions concern or concern on the Arizona Cardinals and how they approach things, they they differ a lot. They're very contrasting, and but not when we look at this draft, they are very similar. I think the needs out there for the Arizona Cardinals are very apparent. So we drafted a lot just based on those needs, Alex. I'll give you, uh, you're going to be on the clock first for the Arizona Cardinals 16th overall pick. Yeah, um, I took Caleb Farley. I had to scroll down a little bit in the mock <laughs> draft uh, little room because he's he's dropping precipitously, it seems like, due to the back, in, due to the back surgeries. But, I mean, the dude is a beast. 
And he's a guy, as you mentioned, Bo, and I'm stealing your words, the ball hawking guy that the card that the Cardinals need. You need some some cojones in the in the cornerback room. And he's a guy, if if healthy, he'll be able to do that for the foreseeable future. And I think that's a risk you need to take if you're the Cardinals, given what the cornerback room looks like right now. I feel nauseous because you're exactly right. I I, I completely agree on Caleb Farley. And you know, as far as the red flag, I mean, we're not in the uh, Victorian era of 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 medical. <laughs> procedures. I, I think yeah. I think his back is going to be fine. He's young, uh, and he's going to have. He, he doesn't necessarily have the luxury of, of time because the Cardinals have a very glaring need at the cornerback position. But there's not a lot of hype f- around Gregory Newsom. I mean, we you, you did mention the, the, that unbelievable stat on him in third and fourth down, where quarterbacks had a what a zero completion percentage or rating. A, you know, zero point zero passer rating, third and fourth down. Yeah, throwing Newsom's way, and that's impressive playing in the Big Ten. But uh, I still think Farley Farley was you know in the conversation for the top prospect at the corner position. People see this medical red flag, and I think that plays into the Arizona Cardinals' advantage. I had Caleb Farley going 16th overall to the Arizona Cardinals as well. I mentioned to you, and I think you're in the same camp as I after you know this first segment that. You know, I explored trading down, but just the software I was using, it didn't let me, and I'm cheap, and I didn't pay for it. So I, I think trading down is also a, a top candidate, but in this scenario, our first mock draft here of Locked On Cardinals, we both went Caleb Farley. Who'd you have the Arizona Cardinals selecting 49th overall in the second round? I have a crush on Amari Rogers, <laughs> uh, number one receiver from Clemson. It's I'm not chasing... Justin Jefferson and Joe Burrow from last year, from two years ago, but I'm not not chasing that. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback on the planet. I mean, by all accounts, Amari Rogers is his favorite target, not named Travis Etienne out of the backfield by all accounts. I mean, his numbers weren't Devonte Smith numbers. Uh, he didn't have 1800 receiving yards, but he had 77 receptions over a thousand yards, seven touchdowns in a more, I don't know, down-to-earth offense than what we saw from Alabama putting up 41 burgers every game. So Amari Rodgers is a second-round pick. What you're hoping can supplant Christian Kirk as the last question, you know, mistake uh, as a second-round wide receiver choice. And he's got the pedigree, and I think he'd be a home run for the Cardinals at 49. There were a couple positions. Wide receiver is one I considered. Uh, running back, I considered this position, but uh, the top three guys, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Najee Harris actually went off the next pick after the Cardinals at 16th overall. So the top three running backs were not available. Um, and then as far as wide receivers on the board was Amari Rogers. I didn't take him. I was intrigued, and I still think that there's a need in the future in the interior of this offensive line. I liked Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State. I took him 49th overall. And I think it just kind of helps solidify things in the future of protecting Kyler Murray. And it's just like one of those things. Like in baseball, you can never uh, have enough pitching. You can never have enough offensive linemen. And you've got guys now in your cupboard of Josh Jones at the tackle position potentially and a guy in Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State that could be starters for you in the future. Yeah, for sure. No, it makes sense. I mean, you're checking two two probably most glaring needs in the first two rounds, and it makes sense. As far as uh, so, like you like we mentioned, now it was a waiting game between uh, when the Arizona Cardinals picked and again, and, and you had to wait all the way until the fifth round. And uh, this we this is why I think it's odd is how we kind of got similar, but we we both addressed the running back position, but we took a 
pair of different prospects. Yeah. I took I, I have a crush on Ramondre Stevenson from Oklahoma. I put out on Twitter it's him or Trey Sermon are the two guys that I would love for the Cardinals to snag now because this is just a simulated mock draft. Ramondre Stevenson won't be there in the fifth round, but the fact that he was there just for you know the purpose of this exercise, I snagged him. And uh, I mean the dude averages six and a half yards a carry. It's a touchdown machine. He's just he's a beast. He's got breakaway speed. Maybe not that of Najee Harris, but you're looking at a later round pick. And this is the perfect situation for drafting a running back, hoping he'll pop because it's going to be a very inexpensive road if you're going to uh, utilize him between the tackles like the Cardinals would with Ramondre Stevens. So I took him in the fifth. Yeah, round. I like Ramondre Stevens just because he's a uh, he's a guy that's not a full time back, but he would complement. Chase Edmonds very well. Ramon J. Stevenson, sorry. Uh, and he, he's he's just a physical freak. I mean, if you watch him play at all, if you watch his highlight reel, I recommend checking it out on YouTube. He was gone at 117 to the 49ers in my mock draft. Um, so I was left with uh, Chubba Hubbard, who the previous season at Oklahoma State was one of the best running backs in the country. As a sophomore, he rushed for over 2,000 yards, 21 touchdowns. He caught the football 350 yards through the air. I mean, he was just the vocal point of the Cowboys' offense, which has really kind of been known as a pass-first offense. And Chubba Hubbard's been a bell cow. And then what happened last year, you know, just seven games, 625 yards on the ground, had a couple catches. I I think he'd be a a nice option, a nice change of pace back as well for Chase Edmonds, and it becomes this true running back committee. I like Chubba Hubbard better than kind of the in-house options for the Arizona Cardinals right now. So I went... Hubbard at 160. Let's get on to our next couple picks here. The Arizona Cardinals, as their draft situation sets up right now, they have three more picks, 223, 243, and 247. Malcolm Kuntz um, out of Buffalo, edge rusher. Listen, the dude, 6'3", 250, and when you think of Buffalo football, what do you think? Khalil Mack. That's what I <laughs> when I think of Buffalo football. Yeah. And Khalil Mack, and uh, listen – it's it's one of those things where Malcolm Kuntz, I've watched some tape. I've watched I watched some action earlier in the year. Uh he had five sacks. Listen, he's he's a physical beast. Okay. And in the sixth round, you were looking for physical attributes. High upside. Sorry? They're they're not polished prospects by any mean, but they right. have high upside. You're looking for the yeah, guys with the yeah, yeah. Right. right. You have the you have the physical, you know, canvas. To be able to perform at a higher level just depends on the coaching and the ability to mold you out of you know out of clay or, or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I took, I took him there in the sixth round. Interesting, Bo. Who did you take in the sixth round? Same guy. I took Malcolm Kuntz yeah. out of uh, out of uh, Buffalo. I like his length. He got the long arms that you like to see. He can play. You know, on you know, as far as uh, the three four goes, he could play on the line or mm-hmm. he can play standing up. And uh, you know, with with a couple guys that he could learn from and in, in Chandler Jones, um, I like it. Now the next the next pick, um, we have the same guy, but I had him later in the draft. I'll tell you who I had at two forty three because I think at this point we're looking at guys from Virginia Tech, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Buffalo, kind of right in uh, Steve Kimes' wheelhouse because it's not a traditional football power. He can't help himself. He's going to take Kay Johnson, the wide receiver at a North Dakota, or I'm sorry, South Dakota State, because. Steve Kyman, he can't help himself. He's taking the 5'10 speedy wide receiver uh, who played for the Jackrabbits. Yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time. Let's just hope it's in the later rounds than, than the earlier. 
So yeah, uh, and I took Luke Farrell, tight end from Ohio State. Um, you took him. You took him in the seventh round. I took right? him with their final pick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dart throw, Big Ten. He's a big body. Uh, at this point, he only had five receptions for thirty-seven yards last year and a touchdown. I mean, you can't really. I mean, they had a weird year last year. Uh, Ohio State did, and they're very uh, Chris Olave centric. Obviously, he was the guy that got all. He got the Michael Thomas targets from twenty nineteen. Um, 20, the Drew Brees, Michael Thomas target share was from Justin Fields last year. So the offense was predicated upon him uh, and Trey Sermon. So, I mean, it's just, it's a big 10 tight end. It's a big body dart throw. Crazier things have happened. Yeah. And you know, Max Williams isn't exactly, you know, a, a spring chicken. He's dealt, he dealt with injuries last year. I think you look at Farrell more as uh he was, is somebody that can maybe replace your blocking tight end in the future. And he's, he can make a play in the passing game here or there. We we've seen that the Arizona Cardinals just they punt on on playmaking tight ends outside of guys like Dan Arnold where they're very low risk some medium reward. I had Farrell seventh in the seventh round in this position though. Um, I had the Arizona Cardinals selecting yeah as I mentioned Kay Johnson. Um, so my last pick is is Luke Farrell. Who is your last pick? I took Teron Jackson from Coastal Carolina, uh, defensive end six two. Um, I watched a little. I watched some Coastal Carolina. I mean, it was I watched kind of the an BYU ugly game. brand of football. Yeah, yeah, I did. And, and that defense, listen, that defense against uh, Zach Wilson was stout for the majority of the game. It was a very ugly game. They they run the. I think they run the triple option. Coastal Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they they run the clock down as much as they can. The defense held Zach Wilson in check as well as they could have. Got in the backfield a lot. Sacked him a couple times. Um, so yeah, I mean, Coastal Carolina, take a flyer on a dude that played on that defense is worth it in the seventh round. As far as, uh, the mock draft goes today on the draft network, uh, they had, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker going to the Arizona Cardinals at 16, one that we won't really turn our nose up. That's Brentley Weissman. He's got the, uh, the mock draft up at the draft network. Big thanks to him letting us do this mock draft. It was fun. We're going to have another one for you next Monday. I do have a mock draft, though. One analyst, I think, nailed it for the Arizona Cardinals. I'll tell you who, plus an interesting debate that involves a pair of Arizona Cardinals. It's coming up next. It's the Locked on Cardinals podcast. We may crown a champion in college basketball tonight, but one champion has already been crowned, and that's Coconut Brownie Chunk. The Built Bar won the championship, took out Cookie Dough Chunk in a battle of just the most delicious protein bars on the planet. Yeah, Built Bar, we've been telling you about it for a while now. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market. How about ever? If you haven't tried the Champion, the Coconut Brownie Chunk, you absolutely have to do so. Go to BuiltBar.com and order a box. And while you're at it, put in the promo code LOCKED15 and save yourself 15% on your first order. Unbelievably delicious. The bar is covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, but they're equally as healthy as they are delicious. They're great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bar is low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for those on the keto diet. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com. As I said, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So, Alex, I thought that uh, Todd McShay nailed... The Arizona Cardinals in his twenty, his most recent mock draft, he had the Arizona, he had the Arizona Cardinals trading back a couple picks, and 
acquiring more draft capital. I believe a third in a fifth round pick. I have to find the article. Um, and also still getting to select Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. I think it's got the best of both worlds. You acquire more draft capital. You get a guy that can make an immediate impact and lock down the future of the cornerback position for the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to who is worth a trade-up from teams behind the corner that's there. You know, I don't know. Is somebody going to want to trade up and draft Najee Harris? Like, is somebody going to want to do that at 16? Is somebody going to want Greg Newsome that thinks he has to go up, you have to go up and get him, and it only is going to cost a third-round pick? I mean, there's so many different avenues the way this could go. I mean, edge rush-wise, it's going to be rich in the middle of the first round. So somebody wants to move up and draft Quiddy Pay, even though uh, it seems like he's been dropping in some of the mock drafts that I've been looking at recently. You just have to find a trade partner, and you have to command a third-round pick at least to move back, regardless of how many spots. You know? So, I mean, that's that's what the Cardinals are. And, yeah, that would be a dream scenario, obviously. I mean, the fact that they would sign A.J. Green, we'll see what happens. They signed Malcolm Butler, filled a need. They traded for Rodney Hudson, filled a huge need. And if you can trade back and still get the guy that you thought you weren't going to be able to get at 16 as of six weeks ago, a couple picks later, and get more draft capital for this year, yeah, that's a Steve Kime home run. Right. Now you just have to execute the draft picks, but you're not going to fault Steve Kime for drafting Caleb Farley. This isn't the NBA. Right. Where, you know, I remember Dewan Blair from Pittsburgh had <laughs> two ACL tears, remember? And he went late in the second. He went, he, he dropped all the way to the second round after Pittsburgh was a one seed to the Spurs because he had two ACL tears before he went to the NBA. The NBA is completely different. Everybody is one play away, unfortunately, from being an injury concern. So the fact that Caleb Farley's had two back surgeries, sure, there are people closer to that, to that situation than us that would tell us it'd be way more of a red flag than it seems to be right now. And what was it? A, it he ran a four point, uh, was it five? What was it? 4.28? Yeah, it was really fast. He's just smoking on his, on his pro or not his pro day, but, uh, as he worked out before he had the, the back surgery, um, the official trade, not the official trade, but what McShay predicts here or thinks should happen is they could get a, Third or fifth in 2021 this year, and then a fourth in 2022. That would be a great haul. And Elijah Vera Tucker would be the pick for the Dolphins. They would trade up for Elijah Vera Tucker, continuing to try to solidify their offensive line. And then uh, they have the talented safety from TCU going just one pick in front of the Arizona Cardinals. So they drop back two spots, but they, you know, acquire three extra picks, two in this draft alone. And as we said, I mean, between 49 and their fifth-round pick, it's it's forever. There are a lot of talented players that can make impacts in between those couple selections. Uh, real quick, on today's Lockdown NFL podcast, I brought up, because Mark Few, the Gonzaga head coach, hasn't won the big one. The Zags haven't won a national championship despite all their success. So it kind of begged the question as far as the NFL goes, who are the best players, active players, that haven't won a ring and on my list, I did four guys. Um, Larry Fitzgerald and J.J. Watt. They were four and three. Now, Fitz is on the back end of this list, in my opinion, just because he left the field having scored the go-ahead touchdown. He can hang his head high. He, he can hold his head high, and he's not going to need that on his resume. To, to he, he avoids criticism in the future for not winning the ring. He's not Charles Barkley uh, in the fact that he didn't win a ring. That's fair. I mean, the NFL is different. Like, you yeah. could easily put four quarterbacks on this list. 
and, and warrant it. But I think I think the four the hodgepodge of players that you put on the list uh, it, were were good ones for sure. I, I did so yeah. He gets a benefit of the doubt. Yes. Yeah. I took um I took Aaron Donald. I left him out. I put Watt in just because I think Watt is a little bit older, and mm-hmm. he needs it. Aaron Donald's played in the Super Bowl. His his offense didn't show up, but J.J. Watt. I mean, outside of the Texans having a 24-0 lead and blowing it to the Chiefs in a divisional round game, they haven't. They've been irrelevant as far as you know contention. So Watt has all those gaudy stats, but he hasn't played on on winners. The number one guy on my list with was Matt Ryan because I mean he unfortunately wears 28-3 as a label and the you know he's he's got more passing yards than Aaron Rodgers. He's 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 in the top five in a lot of the active stats as far as quarterbacks go, but he's got that twenty eight three label. Like and he's a he's a fringe guy already. Like I don't I don't if he doesn't win one, I don't think I think he's in the Hall of Very Good, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Did he win MVP that year? He did. I can't remember. Yeah he, he did. did, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean and on top of all of that, he was the number one overall pick and he got forty million dollars guaranteed before he played it down. He wasn't he and wasn't he was a number able- one overall pick, but he was the top cornerback off the board in that draft. Well, that's right. He yeah. won top three. That's right. Yeah. what am I talking about? But but he got he got a lot of money guaranteed before they changed the scale. Um, and and he's Matty Puddles. Um, Matty Puddles. That's <laughs> that's the best game I've ever made up for anybody. Matt Ice. Matty Ice. Ice melts under pressure. Hence Matty Puddles. That's my favorite nickname I've ever made for anybody. Yeah, no, it's a good list. And who was the fourth? Uh, the fourth was uh, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean he's that's a good. One. He's like Fitz, where he hasn't had any quarterback. It, like one seed of, season of good Brett Favre, and outside of that, it's like Gus Farrat and just not good QBs. Tavarius Jackson, Christian Ponder, yeah, Christian Ponder, lots of misses in the draft. So, Adrian Joe Pe- Webb when they made the playoffs. <laughs> Remember Christian Ponder got hurt. I didn't even Joe think, Webb wide receiver. Yeah, did Peterson was held out of that game because it was it had big fantasy implications, at least in my league. It's funny. Yeah, how I started him. I started Joe Webb at wide receiver. <laughs> Yeah, when he played quarterback that day. I mean, the only name that I that I would think would be Julio Jones. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's one that honorable mention. I'm sure he's still like by wide receiver accounts. Like if you if you were to pull wide receivers, they would probably say Julio Jones is top four of all time. But I think when you look at the position, huge. I just think that Larry Fitzgerald, right now, even though he hasn't he hasn't officially retired, we don't know what he's going to do. Um, and you have one little nugget at the end of the podcast here. We can throw it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the latest we've had. Oh, yeah. 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 We, we don't know anything. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, so here's, here's the time, the days of the year where Larry Fitzgerald said that he was coming back 2018. It was February 23rd. Okay. 2019. It was January 15th. And then 2020, I believe it was January. No, it was January 15th last year. All of it was before the middle of February. So now we're in April. What Ian Rappaport said about Larry Fitzgerald on the show that I produced last Friday was it seems more and more like this is a Drew Brees looking yourself in the mirror. Is this really it? Because once I retire, I'm not coming back. I mean, I don't think that he would do this. He, he's not an egomaniacal guy like this. He's not doing this to string people along. Yeah. I really think he, do, he either doesn't know what he's going to do or he's making 100% sure that it's the right decision to step away from the game of football. Yeah, I don't think he's sitting around talking to his agent and saying, you know, what, what's Jacksonville's offer? What's, uh, you know, these teams that aren't even in consideration, who's who's going to give him the most money? Like, he's not 
I don't think he's playing that game. I think he's it's Cardinals, and if they can make it right, if they can make it worth for him, go through the whole offseason process, training camp, uh, you know, preseason in, in a full now 17-game regular season, he's got to make sure it's, it's worth it to him to do all that. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to tweet it out, at Locked On AZ Cards. Alex and myself, our mock draft, our first ones, just let us know who you think won our battle of mock drafts. Tomorrow, look for your Twitter poll Tuesday. We'll put the question up in the morning. Bo and Alex, make sure you're following along at Clancy's Corner, at Bob Rack, at Lockdown Easy Cards. We'll talk to you tomorrow.